Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Welcome to this episode of From the Runway Up. We're so glad that you joined us today because I really feel like if you're an aviation enthusiast, if you ever want to work in aviation or you want to learn more about what a career is like in aviation at an airport, you're going to love this podcast. And we are so excited about having a guest from ADK Consulting and Executive Search with us today to talk about all of those things. Yes, as you all know, Everyone, every company seems to be hiring and the aviation industry is no exception, especially as more people are traveling again. There are a lot of aviation industry positions that need to be filled and ADK Consulting is a great resource for airports around the nation. So we are very excited to have Blake Astrin. He is the Vice President of Business Operations for ADK, and he is going to share with us uh, more about hiring within the aviation industry. Blake, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Can you kick us off just by telling our listeners a little bit about you and then your role at ADK? Sure. Thanks, Caitlin and Becky for having me. It's a pleasure working with you guys in the past. was excited when I heard you guys did a podcast and glad to be part of it. Yes, I'm Blake Astor and I'm with ADK Consulting and Executive Search. I'm the Vice President of Business Operations. I was brought on to ADK about a little over three years ago from a competing firm where we primarily did executive recruiting in the public transportation industry. I was branching out our aviation practice, which led me to meet ADK, who brought me on, started as a senior project manager and got promoted to my current role of VP of business operations, where I'm mainly in charge of business development and face, you know, client-facing projects, putting all together all of our P packages. And anytime there's kind of interface needed with site visits or talking to clients that I'm the guy. And so that that's my role within the company at ADK. I don't, don't know if you asked about this, but I'll tell you anyway, we are the largest executive search firm in the country based on total annual searches. We've placed CEOs or executive directors currently, we've placed more, but active CEOs we have at 80 plus airports, we're approaching 90 current airports across the country have eight CEOs that we have placed. Another 160 plus airports that we have executives that we've currently placed. So we know airports. Now, since branched out and gotten into the consulting world a little bit and some other tangential industries such as water, wastewater, public transportation, that whole thing. So anything that's aviation related, aerospace related or government, quasi-government, we do in that. So that's me in a nutshell. I do have a legal background, somehow got involved in recruiting after about a short stint in the legal world for a year, been doing executive recruiting for over 10 years since. So I love it. Um, I love talking to people. I love changing lives. I love helping out clients and airports really impact communities in that way. So I love what I do. 
Well, Blake, that sounds like you all really have your hand on the pulse, especially of hiring in aviation. So if you don't mind, would you kind of help us understand what the current hiring situation is for jobs in aviation and how maybe that compared to prior to 2020? Great. I just spoke about this exact issue at the Virginia Airports Conference a couple of weeks ago. And this is the topic everyone wants to know about. And it's obviously very important. It's no secret how hard everyone was hit with COVID, not just airports, but across the country, but especially airports. And our business, I would say, came to a grinding halt last summer. We checked the numbers, and I believe about one year ago, this was August, late July, August, we had one or two searches, maybe, that we were working on. And then at this time, now we're up to about close to 30. So certainly things have picked up, and I think they've picked up much faster than originally anticipated. Original numbers were forecasting 2025, maybe even 2026 for airports to get back to 2019 numbers. And that timeline has greatly increased. What we're seeing compared to a year ago, and I spoke with Mark Van Lowe, the CEO of Jacksonville Airport. And what he said is ranked true with a lot of employers across the country or a lot of airports across the country. They were looking for cost-saving measures during COVID. And what could they do? And what they did was offer a package to uh, senior level employees that, you know, they wanted to take early retirement. In their initial study, they expected maybe eight or less, less than 10, certainly, of people to take that package. And over 50 employees took it. And so that left them with a thinner workforce. And what they had to do was get creative. And people were pulling double duty and, you know, doing other jobs. He said, hey, we've never been able to paint the parking lots, but we have no cars. So now we can paint the lines in the parking lots. We were able to paint lines on the runway. The planes weren't taken off. And so they got to do a lot of housekeeping uptake. But what has really transpired, I think it's been interesting since then, has been a more shift and focus on customer-focused positions, I'll say, whether it's non-airport revenue, concessions, things like that, or uh, you know, a chief people officer to improve customer experience or a chief innovation officer, we're seeing instead of hiring back all these old positions, they're creating these new positions to be more client-facing, customer-centric. It's, I'm not saying a, a bidding war, it's a, an arms race, so to speak. You know, what is your airport doing to be more competitive, to draw more passengers? We're seeing trends at a lot of airports are trying to have local bars and breweries come in and, and attract people and say, hey, this you're waiting for a flight, come check out this great local barbecue place or beer or whatever it is. So it's been a really interesting trend. Having said that, there's still a lot of positions that are being backfilled, whether people left or it's a new position. It has been a very good time to get into the airport world right now. Are you seeing a lot of outside candidates or are airports typically promoting from within? What I've been seeing is a lot of people outside of the aviation industry trying to get in. And vice versa. We've seen other people assess their lives and say, hey, COVID made me rethink. I like working from home. I realized I wasn't enjoying what I was doing or I want to spend more time with my family. And people are starting new careers or doing something else. So it's been a weird transition slash modernization of airports and positions. So what I've been telling people is now is the time to get in. What is attributing to this change? A silver tsunami. Um, the, on the forefront of all of this. And for those that are listening and don't know what the silver tsunami is, there's a rap- rapidly growing senior population. And really, it's more of a buzzword, but doesn't change the fact that in the next 25 years, the number of people 
over the age of 65 is set to double. And then just from now until 2030, the number of people turning 65 is going to swell to about 10,000 people each day, which equates to about 280,000 people per month. So there is going to be a lot of vacancies. And what we're seeing in this trend is either airports are trying to secession plan and have people in place, or they're scrambling. They know that this person's going to retire. And if that person's retired and we don't have someone else beneath them, what are we going to do? And so it is the major issue going on right now is that a, a lot of people are coming up on their 30 years, whether it's through the retirement program or pension, whatever they do, and, and they're going to take their retirement and it's going to be a massive windfall, so to speak, uh, of positions that are going to be open. Well, some people will probably be promoted that may not be ready for it. Training has been going on now to kind of make sure people are ready to go and and so it is a major, I could say concern, but issue or something that needs to be addressed in a lot of organizations. Some have already begun to do it. Some are behind the eight ball. Some are already losing plenty of people to the silver tsunami. I've been seeing the last couple months, a lot of retirements coming up and, and that have been happening. So there is a lot going on in the airport world in terms of jobs, job growth, potential for getting into the industry and potential for new positions. Uh, that are kind of newly created. That's a lot. Sorry. No, that was great. And I think we can relate to a lot of those points here at McGee Tyson. We are seeing a lot of people that have been here for 20, 25, 30 years. And that's a great thing. It obviously shows that people love what they do. They love working here. But at the same time, that is so much knowledge and so much experience and expertise that with the silver tsunami, you lose. So I think it's a great point that you said now is a good time to really get your foot in the door in the aviation industry if that's something that you're interested in. Absolutely. Well, and to kind of continue that discussion, you all at ADK are experts on executive level placements, and you said you're branching out. So can you talk to us a little bit more about what someone needs to be uh, thinking about if they're listening to this and want to be an executive at an airport across the country, if they're already in the aviation industry, or those people who maybe want to transition aviation from a different area of expertise? Absolutely. Uh, and I can kind of do twofold here. And this is, I hate to keep harping on my presentation at the conference, but what I spoke about was what are employers looking for in executives? And then kind of flipping the script. I don't know if this is going to be a question later, but what are executives looking for in an employer at an airport? And things again have changed. So for those looking to get into the airport industry, whether or not you are already in there, what we are seeing is what companies are looking for to set people aside or all things being equal. If you have two candidates, we're seeing a lot more people get certified, whether it's CM or their AAE certification. What we're seeing is, you know, an airport will have two candidates, both look great on paper, both interviewed well, but one has a higher level certification. That's going to be what they're looking for. I just did a, a search. What did we do? Fort Lauderdale. The, and it was a director of finance. And one of our top candidates was someone that was not in the aviation, it was in the banking industry, but really, really, really wanted to get in the aviation industry. Started as an intern at, at an airport and then kind of got into the private sector and banking and things like that, but wanted to make his way back. He was getting his accreditations from being outside the industry. And he's like, hey, I'm just looking to get my foot in the door somewhere. And it's tough. It's tough to be an executive at an airport if you don't have knowledge or skills. And now, if you're looking for an operations position, that's 
that's going to take some previous skills. But if you're finance, HR, any you know business development, real estate positions, those can be from an outside industry. But again, whatever you can do to set yourself a foot above the other person, we're seeing that these accreditations are the way to... Now, they're not easy. I know, you know getting your CM is a, a tough thing, but you, know, you, you end up being very knowledgeable about airports. But I will say the number one thing that we are seeing from employers, the number one quality that has been asked, I've been sitting in on interviews. Whenever I get a new position, I sit down with a client and say, hey, what are you looking for? You know, education, skill set. The number one thing right now is communication. They want to know what, how someone communicates as an executive. I thought this was very interesting. I was in interviews and one of the questions they asked was what was your preferred method of communication? And immediately, I think any executive or person that's savvy enough during an interview will think, hey, I, I'm guessing they don't want me to say email, right? It's a test. You don't want to hear, have this person say, oh, I love email. I do everything email. And so it's a bit of a trap question, but in a sense, they want to know what level of communication you're doing, how quickly are you problem solving, getting things done. And I actually thought someone had a great answer to that. And he said, my rule of thumb is it's something quick and easy. I can send an email. If the email train is longer than two emails, something is getting lost or there obviously needs to be more to be talked about. And I'm going to pick up the phone and call that person. If it's someone in and we are in the office and they're down the hall, I believe in face-to-face -face interaction. That's the best way to get things done. I will go and knock on their door. So it was a much more elaborate answer than most of the candidates gave. Oh, I pick up the phone and call everyone, which maybe you do, but let's be honest. We all do email. And so we can touch on that. But the, the bottom line is employers want to know communication, whether the CEO is hiring someone that, hey, I want to be in the know, but I want you to be able to have the autonomy to do what you want, but just keep me updated. Or how do you communicate with your team? Are you having weekly meetings? Are you not interacting? Are you a closed door kind of person? Are you open door? You know, do you have to set an appointment? What kind of things are you looking for? And so for executives looking to come into the industry or work your way up and I would say to prepare for a job interview, talk about your communication skill set and what you do actively to either be in the know or keep your other team members in the know of what's going on. And so between having certifications, interviewing well, and bringing up communication. That's, that's kind of what we've been seeing as far as being on the employer side of what they are looking for in executives. Is that different from how people got hired from airports before? More and more airports, I will say now, now that the silver tsunami is happening and people that have been in the workforce for 30 plus years, it used to kind of be okay that you graduated high school, you started a low-level position on landslide or airside, worked your way up, and now you're a senior manager of operations, or you're even higher up at the airport, but you didn't go to college, and you have a GED, and it used to be years of service can serve in lieu of that. That trend has been going away, and having a bachelor's degree has become more and more of a requirement as opposed to a preference. And then on top of that, having a master's or continuing education degree has become even more preferred. And so anything that you can do to set yourself aside and stand out a little better is what I recommend. If you are outside the industry and you're looking to get in the industry, find someone that you either have a contact with, and LinkedIn's a good source with this, who's at an airport, who can give you intelligent information or who can get your foot in the door. It's one thing to apply, but when 
uh, airport will post a position, they're getting hundreds of applications that they have to sift through. Usually it's a, a recruiter that's going through it. And so if they don't know or aware that you know someone or you can get lost in the shuffle easily. So that's from the employer standpoint. What about from the applicant side of the process? On the other end, what candidates are looking for, and it's kind of, could be a cash 22 in a sense, is a lot of them are looking for, are they providing continued education? Can I get my AAE by, you know, working for you or getting a CM or whatever it is? So do you get it before? Do you, does that attract you to an employer who encourages you to get your MBA or get your SHRM or whatever it is, certifications? But number one issue or, you know, if communication is what employers are looking for, culture is what candidates are looking for. That has become the new buzzword, hot topic, whatever it is. And culture can relate to a number of things. It can relate to dress code. It can relate to inner office activities, to work happy hours. Now it's translated into what are the office hours? Is everybody working in the office because of COVID? Are people being more flexible now and being able to have every other Friday, you know, work from home so that someone can travel or whatever it is, or not have to commute. That has become a, an increasing question I'm hearing from candidates. I just spoke to an airport that's been doing MLA in Washington, D.C. They're doing three days on site, two days off site. But that was something that before was a little bit more taboo, I'll say. And you'd be very lucky to find an airport that was willing to have a flexible schedule of people not being in the office. We have talked about silver tsunami, but we also hear a lot about millennials in our industry and how they're coming into our workforce. What about their culture preferences? I think that what millennials are looking for is more of a work hard, play hard. What used to be important in the American dream, buying a house, having a family, and paying off your mortgage in 30 years is not what millennials want. They, they're not buying houses. They want to travel. They want to have live in the city. They want to, they're having kids at a later date. And so what's important to them is social interaction, external benefits of an organization, whether it's paying for continued education or flexible work schedule. And so as millennials kind of come up and start taking these roles and becoming executives, these are things that airports are starting to have to think about and, you know, as they rearrange their structure. And now it's more about what can you do to be attractive, to attract new talent to your organization, whether it's you know, casual Fridays, anything like that. It's just, these are all things to know. I've talked to clients that are very suit and tie culture. They're very be here at seven, leave at seven. Someone from California that's sandals and button Hawaiian shirt is not going to fit in here. And vice versa, someone in a California client that I've had has been, hey, we are kind of come and go as you please. We're sandal wearing culture. Everyone gets their work done, but people like to hit the waves at lunchtime and, and then come back and stuff like that. So it's knowing your market. And the hard part is, if you're a candidate, how do you find out what the culture is? And I think, too, your point going back to the silver tsunami, you know, the culture and the way that the silver tsunami did business is going to be very different from how the millennials are wanting to do business. So there might have to be a kind of a forced culture shift in the yeah. next few years to accommodate the new workers that are going to make up the majority of the workplace. It will yeah. be interesting. And I think as, especially with COVID, we're seeing the new culture kind of, we're forced to make changes that, that we have in a long time. So it's very interesting. It is. And I think benefit packages are going to start changing. Certainly 
health insurance is important to people, but you know, again, not as many younger people having kids at an earlier age and being vested in a, in a pension or a retirement system may not be as enticing because that means usually you have to be there for five years, three years, five years, whatever it is. And, and millennials are moving jobs at a much, much higher rate. Well, something that's like the average is like a 2.6 years or something like that at a position before moving on. So retention is another issue uh, that airports are going on too. How do you maintain? Are you promoting from within? Is that a, that's a, certainly a culture that people are looking at. That's something that you can find out. How many people have been promoted versus how many searches have you looked outside and tried to brought someone new in? Is this an airport that prides themselves on working people up through the ranks? Or is it, hey, no matter, whenever an open position, we go out and do a search. Internals are certainly welcome to apply, but they almost never. Uh, and, and that has an effect on morale as well. If you don't think that you're getting a serious look when a position above you gets open, then, then you're not going to be as happy. Now, if you thought you got every opportunity and someone better beat you, that's fine. But to have that opportunity is another thing. Well, and one of the things that I'm really interested in is the evolution of our industry and the evolution of this, because all those things are important to getting people in the door and maintaining that. But we've also seen quite a dynamic change in the types of positions that are open, you know, different skill sets that maybe the traditional aviation management person might have. What kind of new opportunities are you seeing airports change to? I don't know that it's changed, but I'd say probably the most prevalent search we've done in the last since COVID has been air service. How important that is to airports in, you know, being creative and being entrepreneurial. That's a big skill set we've been seeing, but I would say I'm on my third or fourth one in the last less than a year, eight months maybe of an air service development director or a director of airport airline, airline business revenue, whatever it is. And a lot of those people are coming from airlines, whether it's on the network strategy planning side or from a different airport that has done something positive regards to air service. Obviously, airports are looking to increase revenue and cut costs where they can. And so positions that have that mentality, I think, have really surfaced. Uh, it's been a lot of air service, a lot of in the chief innovation officers, a lot of information technology positions have certainly opened up. How do you modernize your airport? How do you have Wi-Fi on a better Wi-Fi service? How are you doing internally the techno- things technology and things like that? So those, those type of positions, anything, again, modern is what I've been hearing a lot. Modernization, how do you, uh, whether it's even in air service, uh, whether it's air service, bringing in new routes, how do we be creative about that or bring in new carriers? Also, how do we better our airport? How do we make the customer experience better? And so those positions is kind of been really, you know, certainly there's the airport director and assistant airport director, facility managers, all those kind of positions, but there's a big trend of that coming. Well, and I think pre-COVID, you know, public relations has always been kind of seen as a I won't say non-essential because we are very essential, we're very important, but COVID has proven that. COVID has proven the importance of the customer experience, the communication. And so sometimes people don't think of public relations when they think of an airport authority. You know, why do you need PR? People travel through the airport, right? Oh, no, you do. (laughs) And unfortunately, you know, we're seeing more importance of the positions like this, especially, you know, you said the chief people officer. I think that's 
so cool, but it's so important because without the people flying through the airport, we're not an airport. No, I, PR is very important uh, as far as perception. When we do our brochures, one of the things we include is stuff about the city and about, you know, if you're moving to Knoxville, what does someone that doesn't potentially wants this position, what do they need to know about Knoxville? And then what do they need to know about the airport? We put stuff in the organization about in the brochure about that. And this is all coming from the marketing team and anything that makes your airport look good, whether it's having updated pictures or things to attract yourself. PR is very important. Airport perception is important. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, I hate that airport because the bathrooms are dirty or whatever it is. And that kills. If you have leakage of someone not choosing to use your airport, but going somewhere else because of something that can be changed with perception from a PR team, it's important. Well, I guess to wrap us up today, is there a way for someone listening to our podcast and wants to know more about ADK or how to get plugged into the industry? How do they reach out to you? How do they find you? Uh, they can't. That's it. Just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> see, you uh, need some PR, Blake. I know. I need some. You can't see. I have my PR manager uh, sneaking in here. Feel free to check out our website, adkexecutivesearch.com. That goes through all of our services. We don't just do recruiting. We do HR consulting services, compensation studies, organizational reviews. But something we just recently started too is kind of an improvement program. If you're looking to better yourself, whether it's your resume or your interview tactics, anything that we offer a lot more services than just recruiting. So check out adkexecutivesearch.com. I'm the vice president of business operations. Anyone that calls the number goes directly to me. My email is Blake, B-L-A-K-E, at A-D-K, executivesearch.com. I'm always trying to help out, whether it's just someone, hey, I'd love to get my foot in the door in the industry. Anything I can do to make a connection, I'm always happy to help people. Well, thank you, Blake, for joining us. We really appreciate you spending the time with us and really explaining the industry, what people need to do to become executives, how to get plugged in, and where those trends are going. I know I was extremely interested in the whole silver tsunami discussion. We have enjoyed our time with you so much, and we're looking forward to people listening and learning more and getting engaged and coming to work for airports. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Becky. It was a pleasure talking with you guys again, and uh, hopefully we'll work together soon in the future. cannot believe all the different stories he was able to share and all the different things that go into hiring an airport executive or an aviation professional, the education that you need, the type of personality. And I, for one, am ecstatic that communication was at the center of a lot of these hires because as PR professionals, Caitlin, we love people who communicate, don't we? Yes, he mentioned communications is very important, which yes, we love. And then also, I thought it was interesting the focus that the industry and the interviewees are putting on culture. So I took down a lot of great notes. I hope you all listening took a lot away from this podcast as well. We will put the graphics and more links up on our show notes page at fromtherunwayup.com. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. And we hope that you will tune in again next time.